Welcome to Inspire the Nation podcast. We're here to get you motivated, passionate, and most of all, inspired. We talk to entrepreneurs, to individuals, or groups who go above and beyond for others, their community, or trying to make an impact on the world. We want to help you strive in everyday life whilst also putting a smile on your face. So what are we waiting for? Let's get on with the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Inspire the Nation podcast episode number eight. And wow, have I got a show for you today. And I'm really kind of proud and really happy to be able to represent and have these two amazing guests on my podcast today where we get to know all about the team behind Rennie House, what it's all about and the message they've got to share. And I'm really glad I'm able to share that with you guys and hopefully inspire the nation today. That's what we're all about, aren't we? So without further ado, let's just get on with the show and I hope you guys enjoy. Peace. I am really happy to welcome Tiff and Theo from Rennie House. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. No problem. It's great to have you here. So just a very quick brief background of who you guys are and what you guys do for us, if you don't mind. So, yeah, we're Tiff and Theo. Uh, We run Renee House CIC. Um, We provide supported accommodation for homeless adults in Nottinghamshire. Um, Yeah, in a nutshell, we provide housing for the homeless. Yeah, it's great. I really love the um, business model you guys have created. It's fantastic. And then, no problem. And so, if we take away from the property that you started, so life before property. So, what was life like growing up, like school? What you thought life was going to be going to look like? So, for me personally, I um, was... I was lucky in the fact that I found football. Um, So, that was kind of my get out when I was younger because I was a bit of a a bit of a square and I was not not like the most popular kid but then when I found football then obviously that just gives you an in into everything and you're like everyone's best mate so yeah growing up I always thought I was going to be a footballer I got um, involved with a couple of couple of teams got signed and played until I was 18 for Leicester um, so I always up until that point I always thought yeah football's going to be me but in the back of it in the back of my mind I always thought though that even when I make loads of money from playing football and I become really rich and whatever, I always wanted to invest in property anyway. Um, so that had always been in the back of my mind. But I thought that yeah, that's my that would be, that would have been my route. So I never saw where I am now as a yeah as where I'd end up. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, it was a bit different. Um, I wasn't a square. I wasn't, um, you know, a goody two shoes like the. I wasn't a square. <laughs> um, I had a very different. We had very different upbringings. We both come from not so great areas in Nottingham. Um, you know, grew up on council estates and that sort of thing. But my my experience growing up, I was a bit. I'm, I'm not good in the sort of educational sort of setting. Um, I rebelled quite a lot, especially 9, 10, 11, year 9, 10, 11 in school. I just rebelled because I was like, this is just ridiculous. I don't want to be here. What use is school going to do and all this? And then I never wanted to go to college, um, but Theo encouraged me to. 
in Crozier's Gay College and that was the same sort of thing I just didn't I got my qualifications but I just didn't get on with it I'm not the type of person to sit down and learn I'm more of a let's just go out and do it um and in terms of property like growing up I never knew anyone that owned a house like and then I remember my mum bought the house that we lived in she bought it off the council and I just thought what is she doing why why is she buying this like obviously it was our home but I never knew really the difference between owning a house and just renting it I just saw that that was our home um but yeah I never really knew anyone that owned a house until I met Theo um and then we used to speak about like oh when we're older we'll, we'll buy a house and it kind of just led led from there really because we we're like well how are we going to do that because houses cost a lot cost yeah. a lot of money <laughs> yeah they do i think it's really interesting to find out where you both kind of set up and where the paths you were kind of going and how property kind of got introduced to yourselves but what i found interesting you just mentioned there that theo kind of directed in the sense of going to college so it would be really nice to know like we love a good we love a good love story don't we so how how did you guys meet and was it quite early on it was it sounds like it was in school um so we just left school we were 16 yeah we were both 16 it was <clears throat> it's quite funny because um i i just moved to leicester so i'm from nottingham and i got a a youth contract playing um leicester and as part of that i moved to a, a massive house with like 22 lads um for all from the team and yeah we we lived together but i i lived in Leicester but I met Tiff online and I told her that I still lived in Nottingham because I was really like I didn't want anyone to know that I play football because obviously there's that stereotype of as soon as you tell a girl that you play football she's gonna think oh my god I'm I'm in it I'm in the money and, and all of this so I like whenever I spoke to anyone I never told them I played football um so yeah I didn't tell Tiff that I played football I, I told her <laughs> some made-up story and then we eventually met up and it wasn't until we'd been like seeing each other for a couple of weeks no like two um, months it was when you asked me to be yeah. you asked me out and then he was like i've got something to tell you and i thought oh my god <laughs> what is he gonna tell me and i do you know what the first thing that came to my head was he's a young dad he's 16 years old he's got a kid and i'm not dealing with that and i remember going through my head like oh no and um he was like I play football and I just went what like everyone like my dad I was like my dad plays football my brothers play football what's, what's so significant he was like no I play like and he was trying to explain it to me but it was just going way over my head and until I told my mom and she googled <laughs> she googled him and he's just there on the Leicester website and I was like but I don't get it like it's just football <laughs> and to me yeah it was just so insignificant unfortunately it was wasted on me yeah that, that whole facade was wasted on Tim <laughs> I could have told her straight at the start yeah and I still like even now I'm like like everyone plays football for you like do you know what I mean <laughs> but when I saw him playing like I went to matches and stuff I realized how how much of a deal it was um but yeah we got together at 16 um we didn't go to the same school or anything but we it's really weird so we had people in common but until we got together and we we didn't meet through people in common it was really weird and we were like when would our paths have crossed and I don't think 
I don't think they would. And I think if we would have gone to like the same school of anything, he would never have, he'd have been too scared to, to approach me. Because <laughs> I was, yeah, I was yeah, not nice Yeah, because he was person. a reckless kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love a good story. And I think what I really like about that side of you feel there is really how respectful that you thought of not going out there and saying all the like, thing about you being a footballer because a lot of people now at that age when they're in football and playing at a high level that's all this that's all you see and that's all of what it's about I think that might be because of social media mainly and then obviously your personality as well that you don't want to come across that way which I think is which is really amazing which I really really credit you for but that no, was really nice guy. I think it was just like I've never I say this to Tiff all the time like I've never been interested in quote unquote fame so like yes I wanted to be a footballer but there's plenty of footballers um who again are at like the top level but you don't really hear much about them that in terms of like celebrity and private life like they've got a massive profile as a footballer but beyond that they're, they're pretty quiet and that's how if I would have made it to that level that's how I wanted to be I wanted to keep I'm quite a private person um and it's it's not changed so as again in in business you have to promote yourself you have to get your face out there you have to get a bit of a sort of a reputation but really it, it's not changed I'm still I still like to keep my, my private stuff quite private so but even in that like with the business for a long time we didn't want to put our names and faces out there not like that we wanted to stay hidden we just wanted it to be about Renee House and what we were doing rather than um it being about me and Theo so like you'll see on like our Instagram it took us a while to post who we were and then the response from that I was like oh okay people actually like seeing who's behind the business um and so we kind of went into it a little bit more and you know people then could relate to us a bit um but again it was just like we, we just didn't want it to be, and I don't, I don't think we ever will want it to be about us. We want it to be about what we're doing and the need of it. And do you know what I mean? The impact we're making rather than, oh, you know, I, even when the article went out in December, it was, it was about us as individuals more than, you know, what we were doing and how important it was. It was about two 25 year olds that, you know what I mean? It was, it was a bit, it made us uncomfortable, I think. Mm yeah of course and i can feel you there i feel like you've got really strong feelings about the business model and what you're trying to represent and you just you're trying to get that that message out there for what you're trying to do and instead of actually promoting it is all about you which i really love and then talking about like renee house and the business i'd love to know how did how did it all come about um it was a mix basically so we've been interested in property or obviously we've been interested in property anyway but we've been looking at property for about four years properly looking into it um and we plan to just do standard investment buy to lets or flips um and then we bought our own place and i then wanted to renovate a little bit um which can, it reduced basically the money we had to invest and put as a deposit. Um, and we were like, it's fine, we'll just go like keep saving and it will happen. Um, 
But at the time, I was working with a supported accommodation provider that deal with young people. And I was doing like staff management and office space work. And I saw it from a, a different side. Um, so I, my background's in health and social and I've always kind of done field work. So I've been out doing the care and support. Then I went into management positions and I just saw the businesses from a very different side. Um, and it was there that someone said to me, someone else at work there said, why, why don't you do supported accommodation? And I just thought, it, no, like, why, why would I do that? Like, that just sounds ridiculous. And I think, it, do you know what it was? It was that, that's a really big thing. And I don't think I'm quite out for that. And at the time, Theo was doing his own business. So it was like, I'm on my own. And that terrified me even more. And I remember coming home and telling Theo, this is what I want to do. And you were just like, you're mad. <laughs> you're mad. So because of like, it was more because of both of our responses to the situation, it just kind of got left for a little bit. I say a little bit, it, got, it was probably like five weeks. And then I was like, um, yeah, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to set up support accommodation. And that's how we're going to get into property. Or how I was going to get into property. Theo was doing... Um, financial education and then two weeks later I was like can you help me because <laughs> because I don't even I didn't even know um, it was that foot in the door technique she just said oh can you just help me to fill in this bit of paperwork <laughs> so I helped her to do that and then oh can you just help me to do this and then after two weeks of oh can you just help me to do this <laughs> I may as well just help I may as well just join you yeah which it it definitely we say it all the time like couldn't have done this on my own it was a you know I had all the best intentions and it was a really good idea but the execution of it and you know there's so many the thing with supported accommodation there's no there's no real research out there you know there's not a lot reading there's not a lot of reading out there that can tell you how to do this and I struggled and I was like this is bonkers does this even exist and again because of our backgrounds I'm not the the one that will sit and read I just want to do it whereas Theo's like let me see what I can find out and you did you mm. found quite a lot out and I was like I don't know why I found it. if it's not on the first page of Google I don't keep looking I'm like no it's not it don't exist no I love that yeah I love that <laughs> I think it's great how well you work as you how you guys have come like combine that as working as a team and utilizing what you both uh, best in each areas and then coming together and then going that really well and how do you find it working as a team how is it like as a a relationship kind of partnership is it what are the pros is the cons or has it worked kind of really well for you guys do you want to answer that <laughs> um, do, you know what? do you know what it's not been like when we first started people were like what are you doing why are you working with your partner you're going to hate each other and I kept thinking no no I can't and now you think <laughs> <laughs> it was more it was more like when people were like oh you're going to be with them 24 7 and me being me I was like yeah but like it's not even about being soppy like Theo is legit my favorite person and I couldn't think of anyone better to work with because I know him as a person and he knows me as a person. So I haven't got to find all that out. You know, with like a new business partner. I know like 
I know that you procrastinate and I know that you take a while to do things, but I know that when he does it, it's absolutely incredible. And I know that the way you work is your way. And it's, it's just that we know what, how each other works. We know the triggers and we know when we're tired. We know when we're super, super pissed off. So it just works for me. I think it can be hard to separate the relationship and work life yeah I think I'd say that's that's probably the hardest thing but then like Tiff said initially when everyone was saying oh you're crazy like going into into partnership with your with your partner um Mm -hmm. but then I stopped and I just thought well there's loads of really successful family businesses um that are not always like relationship partners but you have like siblings and um, like parent and child um, businesses and stuff like that and it's going into into business with someone that's close to you is kind of do you know what I mean it's, it's just like any other relationship it's got its pros and cons but it doesn't mean it's any more or less likely to work than, <laughs> do you know what I mean going into business with someone new or like a mate or something yeah so, of course for me I think like Tiff said I think that's probably just the only thing is one of the cons is that sometimes it can be difficult to separate um, business and our personal relationship because one is the other. Yeah, it's just constant. Like, even if we go on like um, a date night, we're like, we're going to have a, a date night away um, from the business um, and we'll go for like dinner. We're literally sat there planning like yeah. the business and we're like, right, so what's the next steps? And we're constantly talking. It's our entire life. But at the same time, I don't think that's a bad thing because if we weren't like that, it wouldn't it wouldn't be where it is, and we wouldn't because we constantly talk about where it needs to be going. We're just reinforcing the goal, and we're constantly saying, right, okay, next steps. This is what needs to happen, um, and we just remind each other. But yeah, sometimes I think it gets to me a bit more than it gets to Theo, where I'm like, I'm just your business partner, <laughs> <laughs> but you know sometimes it is just all work and then occasionally we'll remember that we're in a relationship (laughs) yeah which is really understanding I think it's so important to that you both got the same outlook and the same goals that you both can push each other in the right direction and then understanding each other how they work and I think it's really cool to find out how are people working like relationships and because it's not all sunshine and rainbows always but it's just great to get an understanding and that it is possible if someone else can do it why can't you that's that's what it's all about I think as well like if you think about it if like we always say if Theo did this with someone else or I did this with someone else we'd both be coming home and complaining about the other person like in a way you'd be like oh they've not done this or whereas I can just say why haven't you done that like or and we both just understand because we haven't got to learn about the other person's job or do you know what I mean? And try and understand. We understand because we're doing the exact same thing at the exact same time together. Um, so that I think that definitely helps because, yeah, it's just that it's it's a hundred percent understanding. Someone can really we we can really sympathise with each other. Yeah, because we're both going through it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Love that. It's great. And then talking about what the the business as self like it's not just a property business is it it's it has really has like a meaning behind what you guys do and then so just to give you an idea like what is like the process you offer to your clients and like what is like the meaning behind like Renny House 
Okay, so the meaning behind Renee House, I think, talking strictly about the name, um, that I remember we were on like a road trip to somewhere. I can't remember where. It might have been like Sheffield or Manchester or somewhere. And for this whole journey, we were just talk, trying to think of a name. Um, and we were just trying to think of all these words, but without it sounding too cliche. Yeah, cliche and obvious. Yeah. Obvious, okay. um, so we wanted to come up with something that was a bit more subtle. So, Renee, the word comes from the word Renaissance. Um, so that was sort of to do with like the revolution of art and uh, all of that kind of stuff. And it basically means born again or reborn. So the meaning or, or the quote reborn is kind of taking people who society sees as, um, do you know what I mean, less, less valuable. So people who are ex-offenders and people who are drug and alcohol um dependent and stuff like that people who society has sort of written off we try and we wanted to create something that gives them a chance to be reborn and then go into society and see see themselves as someone who actually is of value um so that's the name that's the reasoning behind the name um it's a really powerful meaning i love that yeah but yeah in terms of like what we do it was intentionally set up to provide housing for those who are vulnerable. Um, ultimately, we provide housing for those that are homeless, but we understand that when someone's homeless, they may present multiple complex needs, so drug and alcohol, ex-offending and mental health issues. Um, but what it was, it was like, for us, it was bringing through our initial intention of providing a really good standard of housing in sort of the rental market or to sell um and pairing it with the need of housing for those that don't have it or don't have suitable housing so with homelessness we had to learn like again we learn everything from scratch so neither of us have ever worked with anyone who's homeless um and it was like we have to figure out what that means so when you hear homelessness or someone's homeless, you expect them to be on the street. There's so many variations to being homeless and it was a massive eye opener for us. We've had people that have moved into our accommodation that have been pulled out of unsuitable support, supported accommodation, we'll say that lightly, but they've been pulled out of that accommodation and brought into ours because it's suitable. Um, so they weren't homeless, but they were not in the environment that they needed to be in. So, you know, and then we get people that are rough sleepers and we get sofa surfers, um, people that are in unsafe um, sort of situations with their family, or, you know, th there's been like a parental breakdown uh, relationship and everything. So it was just trying to learn all that in the beginning, I think, and figure out what homelessness meant um, in a broader term. And then, it was bringing the two together so providing a really good standard accommodation for these guys um and yeah we just set up to make a difference and it does sound so so cliche and so typical of what people say when they're trying to do something but it was we could actually make a difference to people in our in our community um like nottingham first of all but like our first properties 
but they're literally around the corner from where we live so it's on our doorstep that we've made a difference we've taken properties that you know yeah they would have housed families and people that maybe needed them in terms of a rental property but when you can private rent and you can do that there's a lot of private rented properties that landlords are open to yeah you've got options where i think the people that we house have very 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 limited options um and one of it's kind of like choosing between sleeping on the street or sleeping in a house with um someone who's really not a good influence on you or who is abusive or violent towards Mm. you or who takes drugs and stuff like that so i think yeah it can be it can be quite quite difficult for the people who we we house yeah yeah definitely i think it's important to try and give those people a kind of new lease in life and like a fresh kind of like a fresh start and try and see there's there's better opportunities out there even though you have got very limited options and giving them just another option and more like and support as well which i think which i think is amazing and then on that kind of note what do you think is the like importance of giving someone like a second chance like no matter like the background or what they've been through and like, why do you think it's important to support and do what you guys are doing? So, you know, some of the guys that come to us, for us, it, it may, for them, sorry, it may not be a second chance. It could have been the 10th chance, you know. Like, some of these guys have been through the system, in and out of the system their entire lives. And for us, it's saying, okay, so why didn't it work? What, what went wrong? Or what wasn't as effective? Or what wasn't there when you needed it? um and like we've had so one of our residents he's been with us for over a year now and when he moved in with us um i remember when we met him because probation uh, we went to meet someone else at probation and they didn't turn up for the interview so probation rang him and he was already in accommodation but again an unsuitable house um and probation rang him and we heard him, he was like, tell them to wait, I'll be, I'll be 15 minutes. No, I'll be 12, I'll be 12 minutes. So we were like, this guy's like serious. And he, he basically ran to probation, probation to meet us, apologised straight away because he was probably 18 minutes. Um, and, but the way he's, what he said to us was a massive eye opener. So he was like, he was basically interviewing us so we're saying to him, this is what we do. And he's like, it's all well and good what you're saying, but I've heard it all before. And I said to him, well, come and have a look then. Like, so we invited him to the house. Um, and it was really funny because he, he was, before he was like, yeah, I've seen it all before. I've seen all the types of accommodation. I've heard it all. And then I turn up and it's like this. And he walked through the front door and he didn't see the rest of the house. And he said, yeah, like, when can I move in? And I said, oh, no, you like, go and see your bedroom. He's like, he said, I've been hanging around the area. And he, he, must, he said, I've been hanging around the area for about 20 minutes. Um, and he said, and it, it's nice because this doesn't feel like supported accommodation. I feel like a normal person. And wow. it really hit home. And I was like, oh, my God, like, these people don't feel, quote, unquote, normal because they're excluded from the community. Um, and now, so he's a... He's a guy that in over the last probably 28 years, he's just constantly offended. He's been in and out of prison. He's been involved 
in minor and not so minor crimes um and he's been addicted to drugs and everything he's been with us for over a year and he's clean off class a drugs um he hasn't reoffended, so his probation has ended um he's worked so he's had two jobs since he's been with us um and he's just he's back in touch with his children so he sees his children and speaks to them every day and just by having that network and that environment it's turned his life around and we say to him all the time we always use you as an example <laughs> um but it's because he's been with us that long that we've seen that massive change over the year um but it's it's so rewarding you know and that's kind of that's what we set this up for and then this year he is panicking slightly but this year we're like okay we need to get you in a position now to live by yourself and he's like, I don't want to lose you guys. I'm saying, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna lose us. You're just not gonna be in, in this house. Um, and that's the thing that we say to them as well. Like, when you leave our service, unless you don't want to be in touch with us, you're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna lose touch because it's still, we've built that relationship. So we don't go, all oh, the services ended. See you later. Like, you know, we don't want nothing to do with you. It's a relationship that we've built for a long time. Um, and for these guys, it's an important relationship because it's a constant and it's the consistency. Um, so yeah, he's a bit. He's been a bit worried, hasn't he? He's like, yeah, but when I move away, you guys are not going to talk to me. <laughs> like, oh. <no>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we've we've got to get him into that. Um, we've got to get him that confidence now. I think to to know that he can do it by himself because he can. Yeah, um, well, so, yeah. definitely. I think that's an amazing story what you just shared there. I think it really shows that it's just you really are fulfilling something and it, you are kind of like literally changing someone's life from the whole background story and you are actually like changing lives. And I think it's I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. And yeah, it's a really amazing story. So thank you for sharing that. And then I don't I can't remember where I read it now. I think it might have been on actually your guys' Instagram. And then when we talk about like doing things on your doorstep and like I read something that like across like the East Midlands, there's like nearly 66,000 people who are like on council house waiting list. And then meanwhile, there are like almost 56,000 properties registered as vacant, which I thought was like astonishing. So on that, do you think the whole basin, and, that, and that's just one area alone. So I couldn't even imagine what it's up and down the country. Like should this area in property and as well as like life, meaning like, the basis around homelessness and like giving that supported accommodation need more focus and support like maybe from the government itself i think basically property as an industry if you look at it as a whole it is quite um it's not the it's not the newest technology like the way that property systems work are not to say that it's such a central part of people's lives it's really not advanced as advanced as you think it should be so look how long it takes you to buy a property it, it do you know what i mean you can easily spend six months negotiating going back and forth with solicitors to buy a property um where really we've got all this technology which can do things at the click of a finger like we really should be able to do things quicker so that leads on to then looking at one one of the things that actually got me in, more interested in homelessness was going to an event that was set up by one of my friends who was trying to start a business he wanted to 
get funding and buy up properties for um, that could be brought back into use. And it's just understanding from his journey how difficult it is to actually find properties and bring them into use. So it's not as simple and as straightforward mm. as just buying properties. It's actually um, quite difficult because a lot of properties are owned by landlords who are just happy to sit on property but, and just sit on land. But in terms of like the council owned properties that are sat vacant and boarded up and you know that's quite frustrating. I remember we met with um, a councillor in a different area of like Nottingham and I said well how do we get those properties then and she just laughed and she was like when you find out tell me and she's a councillor and I was like what what the hell is she on about like you're supposed to know so she knows you know you know how many empty properties are in your area but you don't know how you can access them and use them for the good of you know the local people and it was a massive like I remember walking out like but this is mad this is actually bonkers you walk around the streets and there's so many boarded up properties and all right some might be privately owned but a lot are belonging to the council but then at the same time the other end of the council um in the housing options office they've got a long list of people that are looking for housing and that are homeless so it's like why why have the dots not been connected what's what's going on and i think like obviously this is not in nottingham but i don't know if you've seen the the one pound house scheme like in it's in liverpool so we've like watched all that and where the council sell the houses off for one pound um because the whole streets are derelict and it's like as long as they get some money back it in my opinion it obviously business is money that's what it is it's, it's about money um but like now if you think about covid19 um the whole thing of putting everyone who's on the streets or homeless in B&Bs and hotels, that's good, <laughs> and hotels, um, that's just, it, it's great temporarily and you've sort of, I don't know, put a plaster over an issue, but yeah. what happens after? There's but just yeah, going to be a COVID massive... But yeah, once COVID-19 is done and we go back to quote-unquote normal, then um, yeah, it's just going to be quite difficult to then have to all these people back out into mm. obscurity we can build a hospital in like a few weeks but we can't set up these empty properties and it just it baffles me and i think we'll never know the real the real reason why we'll never know why because well, we're not important enough to know yeah. um but i think yeah. all all we can do is do is literally do what we can with what we've got and that's that's what we've done like okay at the minute we've only got a couple of houses and we and do you know what i mean we help a handful of people but yeah we've got a few houses now <laughs> um, and we're growing steadily um i think the biggest thing is we've not got millions and millions of pounds to invest in hundreds of properties and buy land and develop and do all of that there's something that we'd love to do in the future um but at this point we're just doing what we can with what we've got and there's people out there with a lot more than what we have mm. um who some are doing amazing work um and some people are not yeah which is understandable which i get that completely and i think it's about how you use if you've got a lot of money it's how you use it in the right sense and always like giving back and i think you're kind of starting that from 
just giving back straight away and trying to build it off the back of that. And I think it's fantastic. I think it's quite under, like interesting about how it seems like a bit of a grey area, what they're kind of putting a cloud, like a cloud over like, the council things and not letting people know. And it sounds, it just doesn't sound too great in what they're, in what they're doing and trying to hide all these, all these properties, what could be used to value. And if, and if the councillor doesn't know, or if they're just hiding something, it doesn't sound, doesn't sound great, but I think it's great that other people are trying to make that little bit of a change and it's, you can only do what you can do without yeah. trying to get as much support as you can. And I think with what you're doing, I can really tell that you've kind of like found like a compassion in helping others. And I think it's really nice. And I'm always about doing something you're passionate about. I think it really helps in what you're doing, especially when times are hard. If you're doing something you're passionate about, you can really thrive off that. So why do you think it's important to do something you're passionate about? Um, I was literally saying this uh, yesterday, the day before. So we used to do, you know, we've tried a few things, not going to lie. We've tried a few things. And we used to do like, a, it was like a marketing, what's it called? Like a pyramid scheme thing, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, we tried it and I remember, <laughs> I remember doing it. I said, Theo, this is ridiculous. I don't believe in this. So I'm going to try and sell something. And I felt like a really bad person and we didn't last very long. Um, and I'm, I struggled because... I'm, I'm brutally honest and I can't, even if my face, even if my mouth isn't saying something, my face is saying it. So to sit in front of people and sell, sell them something that I just thought was a ridiculous idea, I was like, I feel dirty. I'm leaving this. I don't want their money. I don't care if it's paying my bills. I don't want it. Like I feel bad. Um, and the person that got us into it, he contacted us a couple of days ago to see how um, COVID-19 had sort of rocked us um, to basically get us back in. And I said to Theo, how crazy is it? Like, in terms of Renee House now, like I can sell Renee House to anyone because I'm passionate about it and I can talk about it until I'm blue in the face. Like, and it's just bonkers that when something means a lot to you, the way you're able to talk about it and the way you're able to push it forward and like last night we were having a conversation of so at the minute Theo and I don't get paid by the business um we've been doing this a year and a half for free and oh, wow. for us well for me personally I've always been you know like working I've had a lot of jobs and it's because I'm not appreciated or you know if you ever ask for a pay rise and I'm asked to justify that I'm doing like a description. And I said to her, I don't work for free. So what am I doing? Like, and it's that's me as a person, but here I am grafting 24-7 because I'm passionate about it and because I know it's making a difference and it's gonna pay off. Um and I think like Theo said, like, um, to I think at the beginning where we were talking about um over the last few weeks especially during the lockdown more landlords are interested for obvious reasons but it's like okay these are landlords as well that we spoke to a year ago so we planted the seed way back and we've told them this is what we're doing and they shrugged it off and were like that's a really stupid idea and a year later you go in there's value here and i want to be involved but sometimes it just i think it's it was 
probably coupled with the fact that a year ago we were probably three or four months old and we couldn't really sell it as well as we do now yeah we don't have that sell it is the wrong word because we don't have to sell it it's it's it works it's here we're doing it and we've got examples of it working and i think you know before we had our first property it was all hypothetical and it's so hard to sell when you haven't got a product to sell and to say you know here we are and then we set the first house up and we were saying to landlords well you can come around and have a look if you want to if you want to have a nosy like come around and we we've always been very very open with everyone we work with um even now like obviously on instagram we're really open in terms of what we're doing with properties um and it just gives us it just makes it easier for people to be interested because we're passionate about it and it's very obvious that we're passionate about it um and yeah it definitely for me personally i'm not theo's got more of a sales background but i just feel like oh that's not nice but when you haven't got to sell something and you haven't got to push something because if you're not interested cool because this is this is a great thing that's kind of where i'm at with it um whereas before i'd be really hurt that someone wasn't interested or that thought that our idea was just bonkers and that were so like against it before i'd get in the car or go home and just be dead upset and now i'm like meh they'll, they'll see they'll see soon and that's yeah. fine and even if they don't see that's fine yeah it's about just understanding that not everyone might understand the situation that you're trying to show to them and and then understanding when anyone's starting a business or something they're passionate about people at first might think it's ridiculous it doesn't matter what you're doing you might think you're ridiculous you might think it's stupid it's not going to work but then once you start proving those people wrong and you start showing them this idea that will work and then you have actually evidence of it doing it's a lot easier to kind of portray that across and I think you're doing it doing it great and it's leaving that like planting that seed and especially when I was talking when you talk about like the network marketing and the, the selling something you're not passionate about I actually did about the end of last year I did exactly the same thing so I I got approached by a guy selling these perfumes super passionate guy loved it was minute selling it loved the product and I, I gave given it a go obviously that shiny penny of oh, I, can, mm-hmm. I was chasing the money yeah. not the actual thing and I I was trying to ring people up saying, look, join my team, sell this product. And I, I just couldn't do it. I just, and then I stopped doing it. And I was like lying to him that I was doing more than what. And I thought, you know what? Someone else is passionate about something and I'm not. So I thought it's unfair <laughs> on me, him, and then the people I'm selling it to. Yeah, because yeah, you're so having to lie, aren't you? You're having to, it, yeah. If, you, if you're trying to push something you don't believe in, you're lying about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah it just it didn't it never never sat right with me yeah i think it's 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 just been interesting because i've done i've done loads of sales jobs like it's my first ever job at after playing football um was selling um vacuum cleaners door to door really expensive i don't know if anyone surely someone who's listening to this will have heard of kirby vacuum cleaners um (laughs) So you might not have heard of them, Ben, but someone who listens to this will have heard of Kirby vacuum cleaners. They're like the heaviest, most expensive, loudest vacuum cleaner you've ever, ever heard of in your life. And uh, yeah. Is that how you sold it? That's how I sold it. That's probably why I didn't sell any. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, no, it was it was my my first ever job but you know what I did that for a couple of months and I learned so much I I, yeah I I was 
I was so bright eyed and bushy tailed and I tried so hard and you know what? Okay. I wasn't very successful at it, but I learned a lot. And since then I've done a lot of different sales roles, um, along with a lot of different other roles, but like what Tiff said in terms of believing in something, this is, I've never believed in anything that I've sold as much as what we're doing now. And basically our baby yeah it, it is <laughs> and do you know what I mean it's it's the ease I've never at any point doing this felt like sometimes when you do sales you get that icky feeling do you know what I mean like like they've tried to explain it's it's like you're just I'm not really that comfortable with this but at no point doing Renee House have I ever felt that um and like I said I've done a lot of different salesy roles but I think yeah. as well when when you're the owner and you know it's your business your product you're not forced to do things that make you feel dirty and just like oh that's like one thing that i absolutely hate is leaflet dropping i hate it theo i don't get out of the car i'm like all right go on and then i sit in the car with my head down like hiding because i feel like i hate when people put leaflets through my door i don't want to do it to other people whereas theo's like no i'm gonna go get one of these houses <laughs> and your leaflet drop but for me it's like well that doesn't make me feel good as a person and because it's my well our business I've made that decision that there's no one telling me Theo can tell me I've got to go and do it and then I'm like no <laughs> but you know when you work for someone especially like with the pyramid scheme there's always someone above you pushing you to do more here we make that decision and it's it's just a much nicer place to be um that I don't have to do things that I'm not comfortable with because I've not got you know a CEO above me going well you need to because that's how we do it um we create you know the systems we create how we do things and it's just a really nice place to be yeah definitely I think the whole thing in terms of like going doing your own business doing your own thing is having that it's just it's just you and or whoever's involved trying to push that and it's and it's your like you say your baby your product and you've not got someone else telling you what to do doing this obviously between you you two probably tell each other what to do like you said but no you haven't got that stigma of someone above you telling you something to do something that you actually really don't want to do because it's not yours if you know what I mean but you you've got no choice but to do it because you're getting paid for it yeah. so yeah I think going into business in that mindset I think a lot of why a lot of people do go into business by themselves and what I set their own business are it's great and then talking about like going into that Tiffany with taking the plunge into going into like setting your own like business up um, I think it definitely uh, like stepping out of your comfort zone for sure because you kind of had this wide open deep like black hole of know it like sort of information just kind of jump into something that you might not know loads about but you really wanted to give it a go so what's like the importance and how have you found like stepping out of your comfort zone did you find it hard like from your background in school did did that help? Like, did you have the confidence going into setting up your own business? Um, I think from a really young age, and I remember saying it to my mum not long ago, actually. And I said, you know, from a young age, I knew that I wasn't supposed to work for anyone. And she was like, yeah, we knew it because that's how I am as a person. So I didn't do well being told what to do at school. And I rebelled and I was always classed as the naughty child or do you know what I mean? She just don't want to learn. Um, but obviously my opinion on the educational system is just, that's a, that's something <laughs> for another day. Um, <laughs> and then in terms of jobs, so I've had 
I think I'm on my 17th, 17 jobs I think I've had. Um, because I, if I don't agree with something and I'm not able to put my sort of what I believe, like it's quite, in the, now I look back in the, initially it's quite childish. I'm like, you're not listening to me, so I'm going, see you later. Um, but when it was like, you know, when something's your role and you're not being allowed to do your role um, and execute it in the way that you know you can and you're being held back, it never, I was never comfortable with it. And I thought, I'm not allowed to better myself here, so I'm going to go. Um, and I was never, I never lacked confidence in finding other jobs because I knew what my skill set was. And I knew it sounds really cocky. In terms of care, I'm very experienced. So in the health and social sector, I could get a job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like of course. Not, you know, it's, it's not hard to get a job in care anyway. But when you've got the experience, you're guaranteed. So and that confidence was fine. But setting up my own business, it's the confidence, like it's the constant questioning myself. Um, and I was saying it, I had a bit of a meltdown about two weeks ago, three weeks ago to you. And I was like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. Like something, and I had a bit of a like, yeah, just a freak out moment. And that's why it's nice to have someone with you on it because often we balance each other out. So if I'm, if I'm freaking out, Theo's really calm. And if he's freaking out, I'm really calm. And we kind of just recycle the information the other person's given us and the advice and tell them. Um, but yeah, sometimes I get that imposter syndrome um, and I feel like, oh my God, this is, this is like a joke, surely. Like, I feel like I'm pranking people um, and that I shouldn't, shouldn't be doing this and I should just be in a nine to five or whatever job working for other people and then I remind myself that nah that's not it's not for me I've tried every, do you know what I mean I've tried the nine to five office jobs I've tried the night shifts I've tried every possible shift in loads of different roles it's not for me and I think I just have to remind myself that this is for me and it's the only thing that is for me in terms of you know it even if it wasn't going to be Renee House it would have been something um and I do lack confidence all the time. But as we've gone through Renee has, I've definitely grown in confidence. Um, and I kind of know myself a bit more. Um, but it's always, I'm always out of my comfort zone. I'm always freaking out, having a meltdown and going, oh, this is really uncomfortable. And then I rebel and that's what I do. So if I'm uncomfortable, I will just shut down and go, I'm not doing it. And I have a tantrum and then... Theo's like, you are doing it because you've got no choice because it's your business. So, <laughs> so yeah. I have to do it. Um, so yeah, I think I don't I think it's something that's not talked about enough. Um, especially like on social media, it's put out that everything's so easy and that people don't get, you know, down and out about stuff and they're not frustrated and they're not overworked and they're not this, that, the other. And I think on social media, a lot of people put out how confident they are because that's what that's what brings people in and that's fine. But I do think it needs to be spoken about a lot more, you know, like lacking confidence, imposter syndrome. And I think for me personally, being a woman in business, it made me massively uncomfortable in the beginning. Massively. Men wouldn't talk to me. They'd always talk to Theo. And it really got to me. And I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, because I'd get... I'd get angry and 
you can't be angry like that you can't take it personally um now I kind of laugh it off and go that's hilarious um but, and you often like they'll ask Theo a question and he has to redirect it to me because it's about my my side of the business and my my role in the organization and that's always a funny sort of thing isn't it um but yeah I, I do think it's it should be spoken about a bit more in terms of lacking confidence um but taking the plunge anyway and just jumping for it because it's it's honestly the best thing I've ever done and I, I don't have any regrets whatsoever and now like we still work part-time and we literally were talking about it last night and I was like I just want to go just jump completely because that's what that's what I did initially yeah. I left my full-time job to set Renee house up and then I learned very quickly that I needed to go back to work because yeah. that's yeah. how it works. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was all that easy. It would be, everyone would be doing it. But I think it's fantastic. I think it's really about, yeah, especially around social media, about people opening up and, yeah, it's all, it is literally all sunshines and rainbows, how everyone's doing this good. And I released a podcast last week about just saying my journey, things all went kind of tits up and, it always kind of went down and like, my emotions got the best of me and I had to kind of control and take myself to a state of mind that things are sweet, just carry on with it. And people don't open up as much. And I think it's about opening that source of where people can talk to someone and not being afraid to, to show your, your vulnerabilities and yes. talking about it. So yeah, I think that's a really important point. And especially with like all the, like the jobs you've had, like the 17 jobs. And I think with Theo as well, like doing so many different things and with like sales wise and before you can actually find it and same with me I've done, I've done loads of things I'm only young but I've done seven or seven different jobs tried all different things different things online but I think it's all about using that as experiences if you know what I mean so just taking everything is how you build yourself up by learning you might even know you last a couple of months at one job but you've learned from what you have like you took like their views that your views don't work with them so you took that on again, you took that onto like a perspective and building that up. So I think it's, I think it's great and getting people to understand that it's not wasted time. It's just building up from experiences to push you onto that next level. Mm. I think it's really I think hard. Like, telling people it's okay to leave a job and not be stuck. Cause I think that's one thing I've, I've definitely tried to teach you over the years. If I don't like working somewhere, I'm gone. Like if I don't agree with something, if it goes against my morals and my beliefs, I'm not going to work there and I'm not scared to leave a job and I think like because it's drummed into us especially in school again the educational system that you get a job you stay in a job you work for someone else until you retire and a lot of people stay in jobs for you know I worked somewhere I worked somewhere I think I stayed there five six months and there were people there that were getting badges for working there for like 30 years and I was like what is wrong with you you've, you've been sat at the same desk for 30 years like and it, I never understood it but for them that's their life and you know there's no judgment but for me it was just baffling and I was like you've worked here 30 years and got a badge you know that's your recognition you've got a little badge to put on your blazer and yeah. it's like it's like school it's like being a you know a backhanded yeah. reward kind of thing yeah and it, I, I just couldn't get it I, I've never understood it and again nothing nothing against people that work and stay in work for 30, 40 years, whatever. Everyone does things differently. But for me, I think it's important to, to show people that you don't have to be, it's scary to leave a job, but you don't have to stay in a job because that's the right thing to do or because you don't want to upset anyone else or you don't want to rock 
so so yeah definitely and i think that's really important to share as well so and then going back onto yourself Theo, about kind of your in a sense that the career not like leaving it and it wasn't your choice and you had kind of maybe like every kid's kind of you know quote footballer's dream if you know what I'm, if you know what i'm saying mm. and then it kind of just i would love you to kind of give you like a bit of background what happened why why it didn't go to that next level and the the thought about because obviously when you you hit a high level and you don't get to that that next stage or every that kind of footballer kid dreams of especially getting to that level like what kind of like what kind of thoughts and like the mindset did you struggle with anything going through that time um i initially i felt like i dealt with it really well um but it's always when me and tiff talk about it and talk about the time when i did find out that i wasn't going to be given um my next contract at leicester um it's only then in hindsight that I realized actually it did affect me quite badly. Um, and I never really, because I'm, I'm the kind of person that always does everything to just, I, I never get too excited and I never get too upset. Like I always try my best to keep on an even keel where, and I think it works quite well for the dynamics between the <laughs> two of us because Tiff is quite emotional and, she does get really excited when things go well and think it, and when things are bad, she does get quite upset. But so for me, looking back at it, I think maybe I did get more upset than I thought I, I did. But I um I just dealt with it in terms of like how I deal with everything, just get on with it. But I think having having Tiff's support there was definitely a benefit. So for me, it was just kind of get your head down and get into another team, go on trials, um, driving up and down the country, trying to find a new team. Um, I eventually did and played in the Conference North, or that's what it was called at the time. Um, and yeah, I, I did I did well, but then really what, what really halted my progress was at the end of that season, I got a knee injury the typical yeah the typical footballer's story <laughs> i would have been pro if i didn't if i didn't bust my knee do you know what i mean it's yeah, literally definitely. i've got the typical footballer's story um i literally at the end it was like the second to last game of the season and um yeah I, it was just that it wasn't even a bad injury it was just one of those where i blocked the ball and my knee just felt funny and i couldn't run on it and the physio took me off for five minutes, like put some magic spray on, chucked me back on. And, but when I came back on, it still wasn't feeling right. So I came off, put some ice on it. Um, and then by the end of the game, my, my knee had just ballooned up um, and I couldn't, I couldn't bend it. So after that, obviously I, I realized something was really wrong, but the team at the time had like no money. So they couldn't even pay for me to, to see um, a medical professional so I had to go through the NHS and because it wasn't necessarily stopping me from I could walk but uncomfortably and I wasn't a high priority so I literally didn't get anything done for a year and a half and wow. it turned out that I basically had a bit of cartilage that had that had been damaged and by the time I actually got it seen by a specialist it was it completely torn off and was just floating around in my knee so Jesus. anytime 
anytime that I tried to run or do any sort of bending exercise, my knee would just swell up. So I had to have keyhole surgery to get that bit of um, cartilage removed. But like by um, that point, you... but by that point, I'd started um, working in a school. So I'd started doing um, teaching. I'd started um, doing some football coaching as well um, and doing all loads of different bits. And like I, I tried to get back into football, but I just because I've been out for so long and been so um so static anytime I tried to play and get some momentum I just kept getting little niggling injuries so I've just never really got back into it um, but yeah like all of all of this stuff working and getting into business getting into property has been my transition so that's how I've dealt with it but it's literally been a period of seven or eight years to get from thinking my whole life's going to be a footballer to then realizing actually i'm gonna have to recreate myself and figure out another way to make my mark in the world so yeah and i think you're doing that fantastically and yeah it is is that because it's not being a footballer especially being a lad and every lad who listens to this who's involved in football it's not it's not just a small dream it's a big dream and it's when something comes to a halt and then having to realize that probably all all you're growing up was football 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 there was nothing really any other direction that you probably even thought about going so having to rebuild yourself up learn probably different stuff learn how to apply yourself to business to life to different surroundings yeah it's it takes it takes quite a bit and it's not just getting out there it's not just a short process it didn't just happen overnight it's mm-hmm. a seven or eight year process of building yourself up to finding something now that's working really well in between and i think working as a partnership has really helped yourself build up together so it's it's fantastic it's great great for you to share that with us Bill. thank you and then tiffany um when going back to your like the the experiences you've had like through work and obviously care is not not many people really talk about it or the whole thing in situation around it I, i know quite a few people who are in the care system in the sense of working and the stories that i've heard personally are like pretty crazy so how like what kind of character, because obviously the people you might be helping or dealing with can have all different sorts of illnesses or backgrounds and mm. temperaments. So how, what kind of character do you have to be? And then is it like, is it just as rewarding as what you're doing now? Or is it really kind of like hard work? Um, so I, I initially said I wanted to be a teacher, believe it or not. I don't know why, because I hated school. Um, but I wanted to be that cool teacher, you know, that everyone remembers. And then I started working with kids and I realised, no, this is not, it's not for me. So I went to, when Theo convinced me to go to college, um, I started late, so I couldn't go on the childcare course. So I did a health and social um, course. And at the time, Theo's grandma was was very unwell. And I remember being at um, his grandparents' house and they had that, they had a carer there. And the way this carer treated Theo's grandma like I'd not been with you that long so I didn't feel like I had the right to say or do anything but when she left the room I said to Theo that was wrong like what she just did there was wrong and I don't agree with it and there and then I made the decision that I was going to go into care and do it what I felt was the right way um 
because it just opened my eyes that oh my god there's so many vulnerable people being looked after in in not the best way um and i always say that that grandma grandma sue took me into kind of pushed me and unknowingly pushed me into the care sector um and i started out working in a care home for adults with autism and schizophrenia um which isn't so much you know when you think of care you think of elderly and stuff it, they were adults but um that was that was meant like it was just crazy i was i was i think i was employed illegally because i was 17 and i didn't know that until um i actually got attacked on shift by a resident there and then when i tried to like claim against you know say something happened they i, I realized i wasn't actually on the books like i wasn't actually meant to be there so i couldn't do anything um and i was like oh my god so even they were doing you know doing it wrong um but that definitely sort of spurred me on and then i went into working with the elderly i think you have to be i, I find it hard because i've worked in care for most of my working life and care is a very easy um industry to get in so a lot of carers out there have got no qualifications no experience nothing and they're out there looking after the most vulnerable people in our community and it's a very scary thought um but a good carer has to be really resilient and the things we see and the things we experience like it's heartbreaking so if you're not a strong person and a strong you know you've got a strong personality you're not gonna last five minutes um i say it i was talking to someone the other day um someone at the heart of the house that we're doing he was asking about it and he asked about like death so for me i am surrounded by it so i work with elderly i work with you know people in the last few days of their life um and when you see that you look at your own life very differently um because you realize how short it is as well um but also hearing these people's stories is just incredible like they always always says like i'm 83 really i'm an old granny at heart and i do think i am and i often say i was born at the wrong time because i don't you know I'd, I'd much prefer to have been born in like the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> um, Love that. But um, yeah, hearing their stories and their advice has definitely um, sort of guided me in life because these are people that, you know, are right at the end of their life, they've worked their entire life or their life experiences with family and friends and stuff. And their advice is just, it's just amazing. It's, it's you know, to speak to someone in that position you don't get that stuff in books and you don't get it obviously on the you know there's not many old people on the internet at the minute um but you don't get it there it, this is like face to face someone's real life experience um and it's priceless but you definitely have to be resilient and just strong because it's absolutely heartbreaking um working in the care sector and it's so so hard and i think at the minute it's amazing it's really nice to be a carer because you get clapped for every thursday <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's like what about before what about before covid19 and yeah. a round of applause is great it's Love absolutely it. great but you know actual 
pace that reflects the amount of work you do and therapy and stuff like that that we actually need because of what we're dealing with um and proper funding would be even better than a round of applause on a thursday at 8 p.m yeah um again not being ungrateful but well, it's just not enough though I, I i completely get that because you're not it's not just a job and it's not just you helping someone it can affect it can affect people just in the sector just as much as the people who are actually being cared for in that sense and there's a lot of things going around so it's a really important message to get out there what it actually is like that's why yeah. we kind of wanted to cover that with you it's, and then it's hard doing it sorry it's hard doing right? it during covid19 because we're going to people at the minute with masks and everything on we look like they're terrified these people in there because i go to people's houses so when you're walking through the front door with a mask, a visor, gloves, an apron on, they're absolutely petrified because a lot of them don't understand what's going on. So when yeah. you look, you walk in looking, you know, like it's a crime scene investigation, it's just, it's, yeah, and it's hard to have to explain to people with dementia what's going on in the world. It's like explaining it to a toddler. Yeah. And there's no words to try and explain that to them. But with dementia, you're likely to going to have to explain it an hour later. Yeah. Um, it's like do we tell them or Just it, it's, it's hard not. to shield them from it yeah it's really about to, again about temperament and really assessing every situation that you're putting and figuring out what's best for the person i think it's really having that that judge of character about how someone's going to potentially react how they're going to feel and what emotions they might possess when this is that in front of you and then having that thing of anything could happen they could a switch a, the switch could just flick in their sense and you don't know you don't know what's going to happen i think it's really yeah. really important about having that strong mindset and i think it's i give credit to you guys what you do so and i think you do need a lot more than just a clap and mm-hmm. especially before and i hope it carries on after and i hope people kind of get more of a realization and this is there's a lot more beyond just a job and just a clap so yeah i think mm-hmm. it's important and then coming to the end so i just wanted to get a bit of an idea of you guys are you're super busy all the time you're non-stop which is which is fantastic so do you actually get any time to yourself to do anything and if you do like what do you like to do like what are like your or maybe your like future aspirations and goals and stuff like that so i would have obviously liked to play a bit more football than i do um i play the odd like five side but yeah i'd, I'd I just don't have enough time um but I do coach a um women's football team so I help out with Arnold um Arnold FC which is a ladies football team in Nottingham and we sponsor them as well so um yeah we we just wanted to create a bit of a, a relationship there so we are not we are not just a a company just doing what we're doing but we want to be involved in our local community as well so that's it's sort of like a bit of a pastime for me and it's like it gives me an opportunity to do something away from um working and doing the business it's still a bit of enjoyment i'm still involved in football um and yeah i I play i play drums in a band as well so that's um that's part of what i do but that's quite a new a new thing i've never really i played drums as a kid um but never really got involved as seriously as a band until about a year ago so yeah that's that's what i do mm. <laughs> i'm um i'm um 
I don't know. This question is always hard because you know when people are like, what do you do like outside of this, that, the other? I'm, I'm a very, I'm a homebody. So I'm not like one of these people that want to be around people all the time and be out. Um, I have a set couple of friends that, you know, I see from time to time. But I'm not, I'm just a very like, what's the word? Introverted. Yeah. I just like being by myself, to be honest, and just doing my own thing. Um, but like outside of um, Renee House, like Theo constantly tells me you need to get a hobby. Constantly. He's like, you need to get a hobby. Or if he's not saying that, he's like, you need to get some friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite insulting sometimes. Um, <laughs> like it's a conscious choice. Um, but in terms of like hobbies, so one thing I'm, I'm really really interested in is like interior design um i'm definitely an amateur definitely um but it's something that i really really want to get into um going forward and it's nice like theo's sick of me messing about with our own house and he's like you're not doing that anymore so it's nice that we get houses and now i can kind of play around a little bit again they are properties that are owned by other people so I can't go too too far into it um but yeah I really enjoy I'm quite a visual person so I enjoy seeing things change and I can see it all in my head and Theo don't understand and then when I, I, I'll explain it throughout the whole process this is how it's going to look and he's like no, I don't get it. it and then when he sees it he's like oh yeah yeah that makes sense um but yeah in terms of like hobbies and stuff i don't really have any no. i'm quite sad really oh, no, <laughs> everyone has their own has their own thing to do don't they so i'm sure you'll pick it up i think because you both are so busy it's it's trying to find that time to do the things to actually find something that you actually like but mm. yeah i'm sure that'll come and it's just about enjoying yourself your own your own time away from doing what you do so that's good as well yeah. and then is there a message you guys would like to get out to to everyone just about just about maybe the industry you're in yourself or just any kind of message i think that it's just just give it a chance is the first thing and it's not again it's not for everyone and we're not here to say that everyone needs to do something about homelessness because everyone's got their own individual agendas and things that um that interest them more so obviously some people want to help foreign aid some people want to help pets some people want to do this and do that um but we've just we've just so happened to find that our passion is in housing and property and helping people and homelessness so if that is something that interests you then i'd encourage people to look into it more and and look into the different ways that that you can help the the problem of homelessness because our solution is only one of uh, possibly hundreds mm. or thousands of different possible solutions and <clears throat> us alone we're not going to solve it and someone else alone is not going to solve it but we do what we can do we like i was saying earlier day. yeah and <laughs> if someone else does what they can do and everyone does just a little bit of what they can do then eventually bringing it all together it will make a massive difference so i think that would that would be my point just just look into it just be, just be yeah just be a bit of a chance yeah but just yeah, be like more that. more open we've said this before like 
homeless people get overlooked all the time and they get judged and you know you think that homeless people are bad people and that must be why that they're homeless until you've heard someone's story you don't know why they've ended up in that situation a lot of it um is relationship breakdowns it's lack of funds it's housing prices um there's so many reasons not just oh they must be a really bad person that no one will help them some people don't have family and people around them um so i think it's just being more trying to be more understanding and i did a post recently about it about like just because you don't understand something it doesn't mean it doesn't exist um and it's it exists and it's easy it's easy to overlook like for me personally before we did renee house i could walk the streets of nottingham and you see homeless people but you don't really see them because you know you just have tunnel vision and just keep walking when we set renee house up i literally saw every single homeless person and like it got bad because theo would tell me off but i'd be on like a night out and i'd stop and i'm talking to all these homeless people and i'm giving out business cards like i'm on a night out my friends are like what are you doing and i'm like contact me i'll find you that raises a bigger question why do you have business cards on a night out <laughs> Business. All, business. Never know. all business i love that <laughs> <laughs> that is dedication you never know. but yeah like just finding out this story like there's the thing of don't give homeless people money you can't really do you can't really make that decision across the board find out what they need you yeah. know and it's just we would just encourage people to be more open about it because these are people they're not you know and we say this all the time we house homeless people but do we because when they live with us they're not homeless so we just house people like everyone else like they're human beings that have had a really really shit time you know there's a lot of people out there have had the same situations but just not ended up in the same position and it's so easy to forget that they are just people like you and i like so yeah i definitely think just be a bit more open and try and we're not saying change the world just try and help and understand just having a chat with someone that's on the street or rough sleeping or anything um just talking to them will change the day like just it'll just make the day um yeah, because you've definitely. seen them as a person and not just an inconvenience think, yeah it's like that saying like don't judge a book by its cover and find out what the contents are yeah. within so i think that's a really important message you just shared with us there and then have you guys got anything that's like inspired you recently or an inspiring story you'd like to share maybe within Renee House or I know you actually shared one earlier which was fantastic but is there anything that's inspired you guys or anything like that? I think something that we were speaking about earlier is opportunities and I've the more and more I learn my philosophy might not be the right one but it's the one that I live by and that I believe that life is life is kind of like a game of chance it's a game of numbers and by us doing what we're doing we are just increasing opportunities for someone who may have slipped through the net somewhere else um, but then it also looks at that that whole saying I think it's been credited to Oprah Winfrey that there's no such thing as luck. It's just the mix of opportunity and preparation. So I think for me, what inspires me is just trying to create opportunities for those who are prepared to take them. 
um, but then also making sure that I'm prepared for any opportunities that come across um, and come across me so that I can also be quote unquote lucky. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what inspires me and that and I, I saw that quote again this morning just scrolling from my Instagram feed like just yeah that's what's that's what's kind of stuck in my head oh wow. I really like that yeah, I think for me especially obviously during this time I think it's really inspiring how people have pulled together um, during the whole COVID-19 because for once we are all in the exact same situation we're all affected by the same thing. It may have affected us in different ways, but we're all going through it. And I think it's kind of brought us back together to say, ah, oh, we're all just the same. Like we're all humans being affected by this terrible thing. But it's really inspiring, like, especially out on social media, the amount of Zoom calls and meetings that are being like that wouldn't have happened before. And I think I said it from the beginning and you know when I said it in the beginning I was like oh I shouldn't really say that but COVID-19 and what's happened is absolutely destroying it's awful but if you look at it differently I think it's kind of helped us in terms of reminding us of what's important and just bringing us back to like grounding us all again and and you know um almost pressing a big fat reset button on the world and just I mean, it might not last long, don't get me wrong. When things go back to normal, we may all just forget that we were once a community and helped each other out, but I hope not. And I do, it is inspiring how many people are helping each other. And um, especially like Instagram's our main platform and just seeing loads of different, because people have more time at home and stuff, they're all sharing their experiences and their knowledge with other people and helping other people better their, themselves and their businesses and organisations um and it's just it's really nice it's just really nice like I think at the beginning everyone was obviously it was very negative like you know it, that's kind of how it would have been and should have been because we didn't know what was going on and I think as it's gone on we've all become a bit more positive and seen it as a different looked at it in a different way and seen it as an opportunity of helping people and and sort of grounding themselves and starting again um so I think that's really inspiring. We've come together as a community and it's, yeah, it's just nice. Isn't it? Yeah, it, <laughs> makes, it's just, <laughs> it is it's just nice. Um, I think it's really, yeah, it is really nice. And I think it'd be a shame. And I think a lot of people in the same boat as us in sense of thinking that we hope it doesn't just go back to what it was like before, that everyone kind of just forgets mm -hmm. that what people have come together in that kind of just kindness kinds of stops because you know what the UK are like as a country and what people, there's too many people in there with the wrong attitude, the wrong mindset. So I, yeah, I hope it kind of pushes through to when we're back to this yeah, so-called normality that mm. people kind of take that respect and helping each other and push it and, and looking after the world again and maybe looking at, looking after themselves, like actually just washing your hands more, wash like looking after the streets or being able to, give more of a perspective on life that's more out there and to, to support and help each other as well. So I think that's really inspiring for everyone. Yeah. And then last but not least, just to finish off on a little bit of fun um, I've done on everyone so far, just a little bit of a quick fire round to end, but you guys don't know the questions. Okay. <laughs> so it's just your quickest response or it's just whatever, whatever first thing that pops into your mind. So the first one would be is 
bedroom one located at the front of the house or is bedroom one located <laughs> just as you get on the stairs? <laughs> it's on the front of the house. We'll go, we'll go with, the, um, with the majority here oh. and I was correct. It is the first room that you approach as you come up the stairs. No. Yeah. I'm planning. It's quick fire. No, I'm right. I'm right. It's, at the front. it's the biggest room. It's the master room. It's bedroom one. Yeah, I think that's a good debate to have as well. I, I kind of, I'm sorry, Tiff, but I voted for Teal side. Teal, Teal side. So thank you. I apologise no. there. <laughs> that's a really good question. <laughs> uh, and then, what's your guys' dream place to travel to? Uh, Venice for me or Bali, but they're like typical places now like I wanted to do that when no one really knew about it and now everyone's there and I'm like oh I don't want to go now (laughs) I I would like to go to Ghana just because I think that my dad did some like deep research in like our family history and found out that I think our ancestors are from Ghana so my parents are born in Jamaica all of them but I think yeah that before yeah like all (laughs) my parents and my grandparents um were all born in Jamaica um but yeah, I'd like to go to Ghana. Oh, I love that. I love that. There's so many, there's so many great to, great places to travel to. I think they're really great places. Um, your guys' favourite book? You're the reader. Oh, yeah, if you read. Um, <laughs> I think I always say um, Outliers by uh, Malcolm Gladwell just because it it just gives a different perspective on what makes you successful. So everyone just says, oh, hard work makes you successful but actually he explores the fact that everyone's got their own unfair advantage and it's it's not just hard work it's finding out what your unfair advantage is and playing to those strengths so yeah Yeah, i love that i read different types of books um to theo (laughs) um so i read more about like less about business and property and stuff I like the book. It's called What a Time to Be Alone. And I think you pronounce the name as Shadira Egaru. I'm probably I'm, wrong. Absolutely butchered it. I know. Yeah. I, I don't attend that either. So <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a really good book. And yeah. I, I read it really quickly because it's the way it's written is, is differently. Like it's written in a different way. Um, but yeah, it's all about confidence and it's more, more aimed at women and empowering women. Um, sorry guys but <laughs> at the minute I'm reading the middle fin- finger project um, and it's a really cool book again it's more aimed at women but it's about imposter syndrome and women working in like the corporate sector and being just pushed down by men and then literally the middle finger project giving it the middle finger and going off and doing your own thing which is kind of what I'm attempting in. That, so. yeah I love that that's two great books and I think it's a really good idea of what kind of ideas you're reading about to push on to what you're kind of passionate about in a sense and what you're doing so that's great and then if you could change one thing in the world what would it be oh my god it's a very hard question but (laughs) yeah mine's racism (laughs) nice (laughs) i i would change there's there's loads of things you change (laughs) i know i know i know um oh what would i change i think obviously i've i've got to say that we i make housing a lot more accessible um and at least even the most basic resources no one in 2020 
especially not in England, uh, the UK or in any developed country, should be living on the streets. They should at least have some sort of shelter. And I think that's probably the thing in, in the theme of what we do that, that I change. So at least everyone would have some sort of roof over their head and basic access to clean clothes, shelter, a warm place and, do you know what I mean, water and stuff. Yeah, I love that. Love that. And yeah, again, there's so many things you've changed. It's a bit of a, a bit of a hard one, but there's two great points. And then Tiff, this one's for you. Snog Mario Void Theo. <laughs> Probably a void. <laughs> Depends what day. Um, <laughs> Depends what day. It would it would be married, but I don't think oh. we'll get married. Oh. Well we'll let's see what we'll, let's see one day on your Instagram. The whole ring come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it and then favorite takeaway or well not favorite takeaway chinese or curry or neither of them curry chinese mm. oh. yeah. <laughs> love an indian but not a takeaway not an indian takeaway you gotta go to a restaurant yeah uh, if it's an indian it's gotta be a restaurant but if it's a takeaway it's gotta be chinese, chinese yeah. i'm exactly exactly the same page as you guys there 100 <laughs> and then victorian or new build house Victorian. Yeah, Victorian. Oh, new builds are made out of cardboard, mate. Don't, don't <laughs> live in one of them. Yeah, they small and just, yeah. We nah. used to, um, when Theo started driving, we used to go to loads of new builds. Anywhere we travelled, we'd go to a new build there, like a new build um, yeah. development, and we'd look around them and go, oh, this would be amazing. And that was when we were like 17, 18. And now we drive past them like, oh, what have they done? Why have they done that? <laughs> so... Yeah, that's no, some of them are nice, yeah. but yeah, definitely. Victorian no. houses are stunning. That's yeah. fair. I like that. I like that. Then, if you have any superpower, what would it be? Oh. I would be. I would be able to read people's thoughts because sometimes I'm not very good at listening to my own intuition and reading um, other people sometimes. And Tiff's mm. really good at that. So it's kind of, I'd like to be, see what Tiff sees. <laughs> be able to read people. You don't want to be inside my Um What would my superpower be? Um, I'd like to be invisible. I was going to say that. Yeah, I'd like to be in our meetings and no one knows. So I know what you're doing in your business and I can then go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Sneaky, I like that. Um, and last one. Would you rather be able to speak to animals or speak to every language? Every language. Every language. Oh, but I say that and I'd love to know what dogs do. Like, you know, when you look at a dog and you're like, have you just said, said something to me in dog language that is really offensive? Because <laughs> <laughs> I used to think, when, with my dog, like, I'd be like, oh, she's definitely cussing me right now. Yeah. But, I can't hear but no, every language, because I'd love to yeah. know what people are saying. Um, you know, when they think you don't understand them. Yeah. No, I love that. And I really love what you guys are all about as well. So I appreciate the time taken out today to come on this podcast and do this with us and share your story. And I think it's been amazing. How if people wanted to get hold of you, how would they how would they best do so? So obviously through the Instagram, we're I mainly monitor it, but we're both on there. Um that's at Renee House underscore CIC. Um, then there's our website www.renehousecic.com. Theo is currently changing it into something very, very, very nice and more us. Um, 
so that'll be out soon but yeah the website's up and running with our contact details um on there as well but through instagram as well um we do have a facebook we're not that good on it to be honest yeah facebook you can just search renee house cic and you'll find us on facebook um, but yeah, the main place to find us is on Instagram. And if you want to send any emails through as well, it's info at reneehousecic.com. Yeah, yes. fantastic. That's great. Thank you very much for sharing. And yeah, again, thank you very much. And this is something that definitely us at Inspire Nation will be supporting. I think the whole business model and what you're set out to do and what you're trying to achieve is just amazing. And I think today, even though it's not, the business is not about you, but it's about understanding the people behind it as well and really showing that you are two great and amazing people with a great background and uh, a kind of a passion for success and helping people and changing people's lives. So I really credit you for that, guys. So thank you for coming on today. Nice one. Thank, thank you for having us. Yeah. You're very welcome. And then that's it for this week's episode. Cheers, guys. And I'll speak to you all soon. Wow. Man, that was an epic episode. I hope you guys stayed to the end there. I know that was a long one, but I really kind of did get lost in conversation every time they were speaking. I just would sit there and admire what they had to say and just found everything of their story just so interesting. I think it's one of those stories and one of those kind of episodes that you can just sit there, relax, enjoy and just kind of listen to what these guys have to say. And the movement they're creating is um, next second to none. Seriously, it's um, it's amazing what these guys are doing. And all for free as well at the minute. And I really hope this turns around for them. And I really hope what they're doing now really grows into something special. Because it already is special. And I really hope these guys really true and well into their future of Rene House. And what they're set out to achieve. Because we can all really make a difference. And have a different kind of look about homelessness and just just give it a chance and i really think it's a powerful message they've got to share so yeah guys i'm gonna wrap it up there i hope you've enjoyed the show i hope you enjoyed this week's episode we'll be back next week with another amazing guest and yeah stay motivated stay passionate but most of all stay inspired and if you like the show i would love it if you left a review Right, that's it from me. Peace out. Bye-bye.